0: Glory to Jesus Christ. Glory for In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, the King of Israel. These shouts rang out through Jerusalem. Jerusalem, the tiny passageways, the streets, were used to streets like this, but smaller streets. And you can see the crowd as they surged into the city. And little children running, shouting, Hosanna, blesses he who comes in the name of the Lord, the King of Israel. You can see the various people in Jerusalem as they start looking, scratching their heads, asking each other, what are they talking about? What's going on? For throughout Israel, they had heard of the glorious sign, the miracle of the rising of Lazarus from the dead, the raising of him up four days in the tomb and now Jerusalem is flooded with pilgrims coming for the Passover and they're shouting Hosanna this is the Feast of Palms the church in its wisdom has brought us through 40 days let's just say in the wilderness of Lent and we are coming to the promised land we are coming with our Lord in his triumphant entry We're coming with our Lord seated upon a donkey. And there's shouts, and we even have horns this morning accompanying us. Maybe they got the memo, this is the week that they should be honking. Because of the Feast of Palms, their triumphant entry of our Lord. Hosanna originally was a shout for help early in israel hosanna was a shout to god to come and save me but over time in the feasts of israel it evolved to a shout of jubilation a shout of triumph a shout of victory and you can see why the beginning it comes out as a shout of help but we know that our god answers cries of help so over time this cry became not only uh, indicating help but that help is on the way help is here the king is coming this of course then may cause us to ask the next question okay father you are saying the king has come hosanna we should be jubilant we should be crying out but maybe the shade of the beginning of what hosanna meant as a shout for help is more bold and underlined, italicized for us. How does he answer our cry for help? In what way has he come? Many times we wish or maybe even resent the fact that he has not rushed in and just kind of fixed everything. But our Lord in his entry into Jerusalem does not come with a conquering force. He does not come to overthrow Rome with warriors. He does not come to restore the temple worship in the way that Jerusalem thought and the way the people of Israel thought that the king was going to come. Our Lord is doing a dramatic rescue operation as he is called out in the Gospels O oh, Jerusalem, O oh, Jerusalem, would that I would gather you under my wings like chicks. But instead, he comes on a donkey with children leading the charge. How do we encounter our Lord? How does he answer our cry for help when it's not his way to rush in and just fix everything for us, when it's not a dramatic rescue operation, that it's not with trumpets, but with the cry of children. And I want us this morning to contemplate, especially as we are in entering into Jerusalem with our Lord, are entering into Holy Week. And I want us to look at the different ways in which our Lord in entering into Jerusalem visits and then incorporates various disciples and those who are coming to the Passover in many small ways. Ways in which our Lord speaks, asks of us, calls to us, but they seem small and insignificant in the grand scheme. Most of what I'm reflecting on is from the Gospel Matins reading and a little bit from the pericope or the Gospel that we just heard. But in the story of Christ coming into Jerusalem on the donkey, he had to procure a donkey in fulfillment of scripture. So he tells the disciples, go and you'll find a man with water and you're going to tell him, the Lord needs a donkey. Your donkey, not any donkey. You can't give your neighbor's donkey your donkey. Now, this man could scratch his head, put down his, you know, jar of water and say, Who are you? What is going on? I don't fully understand. 30 days, I want to see my donkey again. What's going on? But no, as our Lord foretold to the disciples, this man. In his trust, his faith, and obedience, hands them to the donkey. Now, usually we're focused on the disciples, we're focused on the children, but this man participated in just a small way. Now, it might have been a major sacrifice for him. Maybe this was, you know, like Jack and the Beanstalk. This is the donkey, (laughs) the cow, that this man has. But this man, in trust and in faith of our Lord, in obedience to him, gives the donkey. The disciples bring the donkey to our Lord. And if you notice in the text, it says that they put their clothes on top. Because if you're going to ride on the back of an animal like that, you need to cushion it. So the disciples give their clothes. And then the text tells us, the gospel tells us, They set Jesus on his steed. You can imagine this. Uh, The one time I got on top of a steed. I don't know if you could call it a steed. This was a pretty broken down horse, which is probably why they put me on it. As I was going up, I just went up and over. Because, well, I had momentum. So I just went all the way over. So when I think back about getting on top of an animal, and the donkey's a little bit lower, so you wouldn't have to like throw yourself over it, but this is a kind of odd scene of the disciples setting Jesus on top of the donkey. These little ways of obedience, these little ways of enshrining Jesus on his steed, then of course we have the jubilant cry of the children in the ancient world and not that long ago children they don't have the same uh resonance as they do for us today we see babies and kids and we're like oh and the ancient world is like there's somebody's gonna help me farm <laughs> there's somebody's gonna help clean There is somebody, that doesn't mean they didn't love them and treasure them, but there was a much more practical thing uh, with children. And it is the children that Christ incorporates into his triumphant entry. The man with the donkey, the disciples with their clothes, and setting Jesus on the steed. The children who go crying throughout Jerusalem. These are all examples of ways in which we can find small ways. And it's what God asks of us in being faithful in small and sacrificial ways. In our cry for help, our Lord is not usually going to come in and rush in and fix everything. There are times that he absolutely does. But the way of our Lord is the way of riding in triumph on a donkey borrowed from a man who trusted him, sat there upon the donkey by his disciples and his marines, our children. We all have ways in which we can give our donkey, ways in which we can enshrine Jesus upon a humble steed. There's ways in which we can, if it is in our ability after enshrining him with energetic, innocent cries of absolute joy for our Lord is coming to save us. This is why we struggle with little bits of prayer as much as we can. This is why we struggle to fast as we can this is why we attempt to fight our passions from the greatest ones to the smallest ones. This is why in our desire for God in wrestling our children even during services especially this holy week when there are no boundaries maybe it's a little bit helpful at least we're not you know shoulder to shoulder but it's all of these small acts Of our continued faithfulness to our God, that He ushers in His kingdom, that He comes to visit us, that He comes to save us. This small, meek, and humble approach is exactly why those in Jerusalem didn't fully understand what was going on with Jesus they were concerned with are you doing this the right way who gave you the authority what's going on how dare you this is crazy this is chaos it's also the reason why the disciples didn't fully understand what was going on as we heard in the gospel that read by the deacon as it says in the gospel of john his disciples did not understand these things at first But when Jesus was glorified then they remembered that these things were written about him and that they had done these things to him. In our struggle in our shouting of Hosanna with our cry for help it is usual for us to be looking in some ways for pyrotechnics or maybe we're looking for a grand rescue operation and it's unusual for us unless we habituate ourselves and practice looking and seeing the providence and action of God in our life in all of the small places. The small ways in which we participate in his kingdom. The small acts of faithfulness on our part. Putting aside certain things to be able to come to the services. Coming to the services even if There's children coming to the services, even if there are other things that are clouding our mind, like Judas, who's thinking about money. The small ways. For our Lord does not come in a whirlwind, in fire, in earthquakes, but in a whisper. In his faithful presence, will liberate us but that means that we have to usually live into the small acts of service the small acts of faithfulness and then when as we pray as we look backwards we see how God met us in the children we see how God met us in our little acts of sacrifice we see how God met us in that 2 minute prayer before going into a meeting that we're dreading this Holy week we too can enter into the kingdom with our Lord and it will be a summation of all of our small sacrificial acts our small ways of offering a donkey of enshrining Jesus upon a humble steed of learning how to cry out like an innocent and energetic child. God is faithful to us in all of the small things. And it is in being faithful in the small things, we too can be faithful in the larger things that we have to wrestle with, that we have weighing down upon us. For it is the God who rode upon a donkey, and in that humility will be laid in death in just a week's time on Holy Saturday to then burst from the tomb to the shouts and cry of all of us who gather together to give glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. Amen.